the title of this message today is The Weight of Sin and the Blood of Christ. The Weight of Sin, the Blood of Christ. Before I read, I want you to know today that you're going to receive this message differently depending upon who you are. If you're one of the saved, if you're born again already, it will remind you of what Christ has already done for you. It will inspire you to want to follow Him and live in His image and do good things in the world. But it won't produce guilt and shame and, and, and sorrow in your life. It shouldn't because we have been set free. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But if you're not born again, if you're not a Christian, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you go to church and you've called yourself a Christian, but you've never been born again, you've never really had that experience where you gave yourself to Christ and you accepted what He's done for you and it's it's changed everything in your life. If you haven't experienced that yet, then you'll receive this message differently. And the reason that I'm sharing this today is so that the Holy Spirit has an opportunity to bring you into the light and to show you the depths of the truth, the depths of the truth of the weight of your sin and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 1, what was from the beginning, what we have heard and what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Now, John is saying, we disciples, he at that time, he was saying, we are the ones that saw Jesus come to life. He was manifested, sent from the Father. We saw Him. We touched Him. We have seen and heard and proclaimed to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be complete. John was saying, I'm writing to you, especially those of you who don't have fellowship with the Father. Those of you who are not born again, who are not in Christ, we have heard the message of Jesus. We have seen him manifested in the world. We know he's real and he has brought us into fellowship with God the Father. And our joy would be that you would see the light and that you would come into fellowship with the Father. So understand, John is talking to people that he wants to bring into the light so that they can know the truth and the truth can set them free. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of his son Jesus cleanses us from all sin. I'm going to stop right there. If we have been brought into the light and we walk in that light, then we have fellowship with the Father and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. John is saying here, there is a way that sin can be cleansed. 
And it is if you are brought into the light. If you truly see sin as it really is and the effect that it has on your life and you cry out to Jesus, he will save you. He will forgive you. He will cleanse you by the blood that he shed on the cross of Calvary. You know, if you're like me, you look out across the world from time to time and you wonder what in the world is wrong with this world. Have you ever said to yourself, what is wrong with people? What is wrong with people? From time to time I say that and I instantly remember the truth of the word of God. What's wrong with people is sin. Sin is the problem. In fact, if you read the entire Bible, you'll read all kinds of symptoms of sin. But there's really only one problem in the world, one disease, one cancer, and it is sin. Sin is the problem. Sin is when mankind, by our own free choice, decides not to live in sync with the Creator. Sin came into the world when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. It came into our nature. Now, some of you are wondering, why should I be punished for something Adam did? Well, you're not really going to be punished for what Adam did. That just brought it into the world. And now that it's in the world, you can partake of it and your nature wants to. The sinful nature. Without Christ, you want to. You want to do bad things. You want to do things you shouldn't do. Sin came into the world through Adam. And all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It is your actions, your lifestyle, the things that you've done that are going to be called into account someday. Sin came into the world and it brought evil. It brought destruction. It brought hatred and malice. It brought perversion of the truth. It brought lies. It brought injustice. And it ultimately brought death into the world. Yes, when you look out across humanity and you read about the historical horrible events that have happened, they have happened because of human lives filled with sin, marred with, stuck in the bondage of sin. When you uh, look at the world today and you see the evil and the division and the hatred and the anger, what you're seeing is the result of humankind affected with the disease of sin. Yes, you can point to all of the symptoms that show up, but the symptoms are not the problem. Ultimately, the root of every problem is sin. Sin came into the world and it has messed this world up. Mankind has this infectious disease called sin. And the symptoms take on lots of different forms. You know, you can see uh, racism and murder and, and anger and malice and greed and, and lies and adultery and perversion. All of these things, you can look at those things. Every one of them are a result of sin in the world today. I recently read an article in which the writer said that uh, uh, mankind is a cancer upon the world. And that if we truly loved this planet, we would just kill ourselves so that nature could live peacefully here on planet Earth, that all the other creatures could live peacefully. And you know, there's an element of truth in that, even in the scientific community. And I want you to hear me. It's not that mankind is the cancer. It's that mankind living in sin is the cancer. You see, the acknowledgement that we're the problem on the planet is the acknowledgement that no other creature has the ability, the capacity to commit sin. It is within us. We've been given free choice to decide. And because we have decided 
And because we have been uh, infected with the disease, the symptoms of our lies, the symptoms of our actions show up. We know we shouldn't do it, and yet we choose to do it anyway. The problem is not really mankind. The problem is mankind marred by sin, diseased by sin, stuck in sin, and sin is a weight. The weight of sin. I hope the Holy Spirit makes this clear to you today. The weight of sin on mankind is constantly pushing you down. We use terms like, I'm trying to stay afloat in life. You know why? Because life has a gravity to it. It's constantly pushing us under the water. It's constantly weighing on our shoulders. It is pushing us down. And so what does mankind try to do about sin? Well, for a long time, we tried to fix it. We tried to fix ourselves. We decided that we could be the answer. We decided that we had the technology We could fix every problem. We could fix the mental problems. We could fix the emotional problems. We can fix the physical problems. We can fix all manner of problems. If we just use our brains and we all come together, we can solve our problems. But what we have found out is we're just trying to address some of the symptoms and not the disease. We're trying to fix some of the sadness and some of the, the sickness and And just in a physical sense, this past week, my mom had uh, surgery on her eyes and she can see so much better now that they have gotten rid of the cataracts. That's an amazing thing. And yet I've been to the doctors for years and they can't figure out how to get the allergies to go away and keep me from sniffling uh, all the time. While we treat one symptom with some earthly thing that's supposed to fix it, that prescription has side effects that cause other problems in our lives. You can, you can see this example in the world today. There, there's a big movement to try to get people to stop being hateful towards others around them. And in the effort to, to stop people to being hateful, those same people become hateful to the ones that they feel like are being hateful. That the very uh, cure we have for that symptom has the same side effect for the people prescribing it. We have tried to fix our own selves. We've tried to to solve the problems of the world. And and while we've gotten smarter and there's more information and we can do miraculous things and we've got people floating in space right now, there's amazing things that are happening in the world today and yet we cannot solve hatred. We cannot solve anger. We cannot solve greed. We cannot solve bitterness. We cannot solve these problems. You know why I don't have any faith in your uh, earthly political system fixing things? Because it doesn't address the disease of sin. It doesn't solve the problem. It's, it's swiping at the symptoms, but it can't solve the problem of sin. So we've tried to fix it and it's, it's done no good for us trying to fix our own sin. What has the world done after that? Well, now we're coming into a time where we're just embracing it. What we're saying is that sin is not really a problem. Let's just embrace the cancer. Let's say that the things that we're doing are good. Let's say the perversions that we tell are good. Let's say that the lies we declare are good. Let's say to the world that two and two equals whatever we want it to equal. It can equal banana if we want it to. 
that there is no truth, that we make truth. There is no right and wrong. We make right and wrong. We declare it. It's a, it's a manner of embracing the sin as a way to take the weight of it off of you. It's not really that bad what you're doing. Telling a lie is not that bad as long as you get the result that you need to get. Doing something perverted is not really that bad as long as you're happy and you get the joy that you want in that moment. Oh, but I'm here to tell you that in the darkest hours of the night, when you're laying in your bed and you know that you know that you know that sin is wrong, it's weighing on you. Your conscience is telling you there is no excuse for the lies. There's no excuse for the hatred. There's no excuse for the anger. There's no excuse for the perversion. There's no excuse for it. For God has set eternity in your heart. He's put a conscience in you. And even if you don't understand the word of God completely, you know that you know that you know that you can't cheat on your wife and it'd be a good thing. You know that you know that you know that your lies will catch up with you one day. You know that loving yourself and hating others is the wrong thing. And while you feel like you'd like to just live under the water, the weight of that sin is pushing you down and you can't breathe. You can't survive. You know you can't. When you get in touch with the Holy Spirit, you know the weight of your sin. So I'm praying today under the anointing of the Holy Ghost right now that the Holy Spirit brings you into the light so you see the truth. You see, if you're not born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And because you can't see the kingdom of God, you don't understand these things. You can argue with your uh, mental faculties, with intelligence, why things are okay and why things are not okay. You can develop your own intellectual sense of morality because your spirit is dead and you don't relate to the truth. Oh, but when the Holy Spirit awakens you through conviction, that's right. Some of you right now are being awakened spiritually to the truth. And when the Holy Spirit pulls you into the light, your true condition is exposed. The true weight of your sin is exposed. And if you submit to Jesus, if you admit that, if you acknowledge the truth of that, this is the beginning of salvation in your life. Because I want to tell you this, you can never know the joys and the heights of salvation until you realize and acknowledge the depths and the ugliness of your sin. That's right, it's your sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. You see, in the end, it's bad. You may be doing things right now that you know aren't right, but you don't care because you're not suffering any serious consequences. But the wages of sin is death. The ultimate end is not good. It's serious. It's a big deal. And when you get exposed to the truth, you realize the peril that you're in right now. Oh, I didn't come to, to, to try to beat you up. I came to bring you into the light. It's not me condemning you. It's not me judging you. It's me telling you the truth of God's word and you seeing it for yourself. I want to tell you something today. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. You may think today that, <clears throat> well, I'm a pretty good person. I don't do a lot of bad things. But the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
that there is not one who's done good. No, not one. There is not one of us who are good. Why? Because we're being measured against the standards of heaven. We're being measured against perfection. If you want to live eternally with Jesus, if you want to be saved, you have to have the same perfection that he does. And you can't do it. It's already too late. So for those of you who are hearing this and thinking you're going to respond by getting your life together and starting to do good things, listen, let that go. That's a result of salvation. That doesn't help you get saved at all. You can't do enough good deeds to make up for the sin that you committed. John 3, 16, Jesus says, for God so loved the world. That's you that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. That sounds great. God came to send Jesus to save us. He didn't send Jesus to judge us. Wait a minute. Let's t- let me tell you why he didn't send Jesus to judge you. He who believes in him is not judged, but he who does not believe has been judged already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You know why Jesus didn't come to judge you? Because the world has already been judged. We've already been found guilty. We've already been found guilty of sin. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. This is the judgment. Watch this. That light has come into the world. That the Holy Spirit is bringing the truth. You can't see it with your mind. It doesn't happen with your eyes. It's not read on words. It's seen in your spirit. When When the word of God is preached, when the truth is exposed, your spirit comes to life and you see the truth. The light comes on inside of you and you know that you know that you know you may not understand it, but the weight of your sin is too heavy for you to bear. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. There are some that have already turned. They've already swiped me away because they don't want to see the light. They don't want the light shined upon their life because if they do, they will know the depths and the weight of their sin. And so they have just pushed it away. There are some of you today, you've spent a lifetime pushing away the conviction of the Holy Spirit. When the light gets close to you, you run towards the darkness because you don't want your life exposed. You don't want your deeds exposed. You don't want your need exposed. But there are some of you today who are sitting still in the light and your deeds are exposed today. And I didn't come to condemn you. I came to tell you today that there is a way. There is a hope. There is a a chance. There is a possibility. There's an offer on the table for the weight of the sins of the world to be taken off of you today in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, sin is a serious thing. We live in a world where we're either trying to fix sin or we're trying to act like sin ain't that big a deal. But when you get exposed to the light, you realize you can't fix yourself and you realize that it's a big deal. It's a really big deal and that the weight of sin is too great for you to carry and that there's nothing you can do to fix it. You've already been judged. 
You're already seated in that chair, your arms strapped down. The, the needles have been poked inside of you, leading uh, to the poison. And when the warden is ready and when the call is made, the, in, the, the poison will be injected into you. You're not waiting on judgment. You're just waiting on sentencing. Let me say that again. You're not waiting on judgment. Without Jesus, you're not waiting on judgment. You're waiting on the sentence to be carried out. That's all you're waiting on. God's already declared his judgment. He's already declared what the sentence is. You're just waiting for it to be fulfilled. You're laying on that bed, strapped down, waiting for the day that the warden gives the word and they push the buttons and the poison goes in and destroys your life. The world has already been judged and is just waiting. But while you're waiting, there's a phone on the wall and the phone rings. Right in the nick of time, the phone rings. And who's on the other end of the line? It's the son of the living God. And he's got an offer for you. And his offer is, if you would just believe in me, you would have everlasting life. You would not perish, but you would be saved. You would have everlasting life. While the world can't bear the weight of sin, while you can't bear the weight of sin, Jesus Christ can bear the weight of your sin. Hallelujah. So while the sin of your life and the sin of the world is great and it bears a great weight upon your shoulders, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And I want to help you what that means. I've sang a few songs today about the blood of Jesus. Jenny sang about the blood of Jesus. What does it mean, the blood of Jesus? Well, if you go back to the Old Testament in the book of Exodus chapter 12, this is the story of the Passover. And that the Israelis, God's people, had been in bondage to the Egyptians for hundreds of years. And it was time for them to be free. This is a symbol of you and I becoming free from sin. You've been in bondage to sin. And this is a, a symbol of us being free from sin. And so Moses goes there. He's, he's on a, a, a mission from God. He's seen the burning bush. God told him what to do. He goes before Pharaoh and he tells Pharaoh to let my people go. If you haven't read the story, you've probably seen one version of the movie, Let My People Go. And Pharaoh says no, and one after another, plagues come, and the river turns to blood, and there are locusts and frogs and boils appear on people, and all manner of awful things happen. And every time, uh, Pharaoh always relents and always says no. No, you're not going. These are my slaves. I'm keeping them in bondage until God gives Moses these instructions. Tell every one of my people to get a lamb, a spotless lamb, and I want you to kill it. And I want you to take some of the blood of this spotless lamb, a lamb without blemish, a perfect lamb. And I want you to take some of the blood of this lamb, and I want you to spread it over the doorposts of your doors and over the, the lintel, which is the, the place above the door. I want you to cover that door because I'm about to send the angel of death through all of Egypt and he's going to kill the firstborn in all the land. But when the angel comes to your house, if he sees the blood, he will pass over your house and you will not be destroyed. I don't have time to go into all of the truths that are in that, but I want to just dig out a few to you today. First, you've got to realize that everyone needed the blood. 
the Egyptians and the Israelites all had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you were an Israelite and considered one of the people of God, if you didn't put the blood over the door, then the angel of death would come in and do his work. No different from the Egyptians. All of us need the blood. All of us need the blood. You see, the blood means this. The blood means that somebody died in your place. The lamb died in the place of those people at the Passover. His blood was a symbol to the death angel that someone has already paid the price. You have no right to do your work in this place. Somebody's already died. Now the Bible calls Jesus the spotless lamb, the one who was perfect and always lived the way he should. He is a human who lived without blemish. He is the son of God and the son of man, perfect in his life. He is the only one that didn't deserve to die. And so when he died upon the cross, he became the lamb of God that died in your place. And when you place your faith in that and your trust in that, then the blood of Jesus is applied to the door of your life. And when evil comes around and when death comes around and when judgment comes around, it can't come into your life for you have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. What did John say? And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Yes, your sin is a heavy weight, but the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Oh, I came to tell you today that Jesus Christ will carry the weight of your sin. He will separate you from your sin. He will cleanse you from your sin. When you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you trust in what He's done for you and who He is, His blood is applied to the door of your life. His blood will cleanse you from the punishment of sin. That's right. Oh, when the sentencing happens, uh, death can't come to your door. It can't come into your life because the blood of Jesus covers you. It cleanses you. The devil can't accuse you. Yes, people can see things you do wrong, but it doesn't matter because you're covered by the blood of Jesus. Yes, they can tell stories of things that you have done wrong. You do wrong today and you're probably going to do tomorrow, but it doesn't matter because you're covered in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, and listen, there's coming a day. There's coming a day when that same angel is coming around and he's going to dispense justice to those who are bearing the weight of sin. And the only thing that's going to stop him, it's not good deeds. It's not good intentions. It's not how much money you gave. The only thing that's going to stop him is the blood on the door of your life. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from the punishment of sin. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from the guilt of sin. Hallelujah. I am no longer defined by what I've done or what I do or what I will do. I am defined by Jesus Christ. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. I am his child. My identity comes in what he's done for me and what he says about my life. Hallelujah. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I don't bear the guilt and the shame. That's why I said at the beginning of this message, look, if you're born again already, some people, they like sort of the penance thing, the mindset and the attitude that they've got to be punished over and over. There's got to be guilt over and over for their sin. But I came to tell you, you don't bear the guilt of your sin. For if you bear the guilt of your sin, then Jesus bared it in vain. But Jesus bore the guilt of your sin. That's right. You don't wear it any longer. And while the world may look at you and define you by your sin, God doesn't define you by your sin. Hallelujah. You don't bear the guilt of it any longer. I am his child. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am headed towards heaven. Glory to his name. God is going to present me faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And it's not by my might or by my power. It's because the blood of Jesus has cleansed me and gave me a new identity in Christ. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from the punishment and from the guilt and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from the hold of sin. That means you're no longer bound by sin, that you have a new nature. You see, Christianity is not really you discovering that you have sin and then taking yourself and doing better with who you are. No, Christianity is being born again and having a new nature. It is becoming a new person. That's why in Exodus 12, the firstborn were killed. You know why? Because the first person has to die. The myelin that was in sin and bound by sin died with Jesus on the cross so that the second person raised to new life can live with Jesus. I'm not who I once was. I'm not the myelin that got cleaned up and started doing better. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. God brought my spirit to life and gave me a new nature. What does that mean? I'm no longer bound in sin. You know, there's a story in the Bible about the woman caught in the act of adultery. The Bible says that this was a sinful woman and that there were some religious people who caught her in the act and they brought her to Jesus and they, they laid her at Jesus' feet and says, you know, the Old Testament, the law, the rules say that we're supposed to stone her until she's dead. We're supposed to throw rocks at her until she's dead. The Bible says that Jesus knelt down on the ground and began to write in the dirt with his finger. I can imagine what's going on in the minds of this woman And these men, one the accused, the others the accusers. And Jesus says those famous words, He that is without sin, let him be the first one to cast a stone. And the Bible says one by one they dropped their stones and they went away. Jesus looked at the woman, he said, Where are your accusers? She said, they're gone. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You see, Jesus will take care of the accusers. Jesus 
will take care of the punishment. Jesus will take care of the guilt. And watch this. He said to her, go and sin no more. He didn't tell her that adultery was okay. It was sin. It was serious. It was a real thing. And the weight of it is heavy. He didn't give her an excuse or a pass. He didn't sweep her sins under the rug. In fact, the only reason he could forgive her is because he knew he would pay the penalty for the adultery she just got caught in when he would die upon the cross. No, he didn't sweep sin under the rug. He told her, go and sin no more. But watch this. He didn't tell her, go and sin no more so that she could in her own life and in her own power sin no more. It wasn't just a command to go and sin no more. It was a proclamation that now you are free to go and sin no more. I want you to get this today, child of God. I want you to get this today, those of you who are coming to the realization that you need Jesus. Jesus won't only deliver you from the punishment and the guilt of sin. He will give you the ability to go and sin no more. Hallelujah. 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 I am no longer bound by sin. Yes, when the Israelites left Egypt, they were leaving bondage. Glory to God. Oh, Jesus wants to deliver you out of bondage. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the Lamb of God. You've been trying with all your might to stop doing things, to stop thinking things, to stop uh, uh, being a certain way. And you've tried with all your might and you can't fix yourself. So maybe you've gone to plan B and you think that what you're going to do is just uh, accept the fact that this is who you are and it's really not that big a deal. But you know that it is. The weight of sin is pressing you down. But today you realize you've come to the end of yourself and at the end of yourself is the beginning of Jesus. Oh, when you realize that you can't fix you and you can't save you and the condition that you're in is serious, it's time to turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Oh, Jesus said, if you would just believe in me, you would not perish, but you would have everlasting life. John said, and the blood of Jesus shall cleanse you from all sin. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. So what do you do? Whatever you do, if you've been pulled into the light today and you've received the truth, then you acknowledge the truth. You admit that you're a sinner. That's why John wrote John chapter one. That's why John wrote first John so that you and I could realize, cause see, there's some people going around saying that, you know, sin's not really that big a deal. In fact, you can do whatever you want. Uh, it's not really that big a deal, but I'm here to tell you that sin is a big deal. And if you're not covered in the blood, the death angel is coming to your door and he's coming in. It's just a matter of time. And your only hope from not getting that poison put into your veins is the phone on the wall, the blood of Jesus. He's the only way, the only hope. There is no other way. Acknowledge your sinful condition and cry out to the Lord. Turn to Jesus. Repentance is admitting you can't fix yourself and turning to the only one who can. Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. I know he's not physically there in the room with you right now, but he's in the room with you right now. And you can talk to him and you can share your feelings with him and say to him today, I believe in you, Jesus. It may not, I don't have it all up here. It may not make sense up here, but something in here tells me this is true. And I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died for my sin. I believe that 
you became the lamb that your blood was shed so mine doesn't have to. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I turn to you, Jesus. I'm placing my trust and faith in you. You are my hope now, my only hope. I trust you. Let me give you a little test to see if you really trust Jesus. The test is this. Because it's possible to believe and not trust. It's possible to believe and really not be born again. The difference is this. If, if someone were to ask you whether or not you're going to heaven and why, what would your answer be? If God was to pull you up into heaven right in front of his throne right now and say there's hell through this door and eternal life in heaven through this door with me, why should you go to heaven and not hell? What would your answer be? My answer would be this. And this is how you know you're really saved. I have only one answer. The blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. God, I should go to heaven because Jesus died on a cross for my sins. He shed his blood in my place and I've believed in him and I've told the world I believed in him and I've trusted in him. So if his blood isn't enough, then send me to hell. But I believe his blood is more than enough, that his blood covers a multitude of sins, that his blood has separated my sin from me as far as the east is from the west. Hallelujah. You know, if you in your heart can say that today, that you know that when you stand before God, if he was to ask you why you deserve heaven, that's your only answer. You're not going to say because I'm a good person, because I gave a lot, because I, you know, I never killed anyone. And hey, I, you know, remember that time I did this? No, don't add anything else. It's nothing but the blood of Jesus. So oh, precious is that flow. Hallelujah, that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. There is nothing but the blood of Jesus. Why am I saved? It's not because I'm good. Why am I born again? It's not because I've done good things. Why am I going to heaven? It's because I've trusted in the blood of Jesus. I believed in the sacrificial death and the glorious resurrection of my Savior and my Lord. And today I'm proclaiming as long as I've got breath in my lungs and my heart is beating, I am proclaiming today that Jesus Christ is the only one who can cleanse you from the weight of sin.